Okay, and welcome back to Fast Jet Performance then. I'm Tim Davies. I've got another post out. In fact, I've got a couple of posts out, to be honest with you, but I'm a bit behind because I'm working in uh, Bristol still. I'm also flying at Valley, and I've just been out to Bavaria in Germany to fly the Grob 120TP that we're going to bring into service now, uh, which is a fantastic little airplane, and uh, I was down at the Grob factory flying that. So I'm trying to look for a better way of uh, communicating these posts to you, and I think what I'm probably going to do maybe is, I'm not saying move to YouTube because... And that's not really what I want to do, but there's got to be a better way of doing it other than putting up podcasts. Um, alternatively, of course, I could just sit in a Bavarian field next to some cows and just narrate into the MacBook. That might be a better way as opposed to being at one of my uh, flat or the house and just trying to narrate into a microphone in front of a computer. However, today, comma, we're going to do the standard thing and I'm going to narrate into a microphone in front of my computer. And that's the way we're going to talk about this post that I've written, which is called... Hit the target, don't get shot down, on goals and life. Wolf 3 defends SA-11, bearing 020, came the call from the back pair of our low-level 4 ship of Tornado GR-4 bombers. Our formation has stumbled upon the enemy air defences and they were not happy to be disturbed over their lunch hour. Well, there it is, proclaimed my navigator, confirming what we'd both been expecting. I told you they'd get themselves killed, he laughed. I chuckled with him as I hugged the valley floor, pressing on towards our target, which was now only two minutes flying time away. Wolf 4 defending SA-8, bearing 270, egressing to the east, came a call soon after. That's the back pair out. That's not good, I said, noting that there were just two of us left to hit the target. We thundered on as low as we dared, trying to use the undulating terrain for cover. The wind over the hills buffeted our 26-ton war machine, making it hard to plot the enemy's systems onto my kneeboard. Mike, I called. I've got an SA-6 looking at us right two o'clock. Make it go away. Our radar warning receiver was displaying the familiar lines associated with a particularly aggressive surface-to-air missile system. I pushed the throttles forward, marching the speed up towards 500 miles per hour in an attempt to progress us away from the threat. That six wasn't in the brief, he replied. Come left 30 degrees to put him on the beam. I passed the information to our wingman, Wolf 2, who was a steady two miles to the west of us. Wolf 2, we've got a six out to the east here. How's the west looking? We've got an early warning radar on the nose, came the reply. I'm suggesting a right 30 when able. It was starting to get busy. We weren't exactly expecting so much hostile activity and my mind was quickly becoming saturated with the amount of threats that we hadn't planned for. Mike, we've got to find a way through here. Let's push up against the early warning radar. See if we can't overwhelm it, I called, secretly hoping that he had a better plan. That SA-6 is still illuminating us. I'm working on magic, but if we don't do something soon, it's going to launch, said Mike. I knew he was right. All his technical wizardry would only keep that missile on the rails for so long. We're going to have to come up with a better plan. Now the GR4 dominates the low-level environment, and with two electronic warfare instructors, or EYs, on board, such as we had today, it was a formidable place to be, even in the high-threat arena we now found ourselves occupying. Wolf 2, TAC-30 left, go, I called in an attempt to put the SA-6 down to our right aft quadrant and placing the formation nose-on to the early warning radar. You know this is likely to be a trap, don't you? said my nav calmly. We both did. Then suddenly, the radio came alive. Wolf 2 defends SA-6 left 9 o'clock aborting south. 
Wolf 2 was now out too, as, like the others, defending against the Sam at this late stage meant that he wouldn't have time or the fuel to reach the target. We were alone. Out of four tornadoes, we were the only one left, and now a mere 30 seconds to target, a target that we had spent three hours planning for and another hour briefing. This wasn't going to be easy, and we were quickly running out of options. As we approached the target, I ran through my checks. Switches alive, I called. Roger, you have the stores. Whoa, break right, missile launch, left 10 o'clock. Coming right with flares, I said disappointedly as a smoky sound trail appeared over my left shoulder. Wolf 1, abort south. There was silence as it finally sank in that none of us would be reaching the target today. We knew the target area thoroughly, but our routing had been poorly briefed and had caught us out. I told you that they'd get us all shot down, said my nav. Yes, Mike, I replied. Yes, you did. The rush. I've started a window shop more than I used to. And when I walk somewhere, I take more time to take in the view. And it's because of this that I think I've worked out why old people drive so slowly. Now, you would have thought that, with them being a bit closer to the pearly gates than many of us, they would want to race back to their homes so they can have more time to enjoy their hydroponics, antiques roadshow and the pet chihuahua. But I'm not convinced that they actually want to get home all that quickly. Recently, I was in a supermarket car park in a busy town centre when I noticed that everybody seemed to be in a huge rush. And not just those going into the store, but those coming out too. I watched the scene in front of me with an inquisitive gaze. The young woman hastily walking in front of traffic with her eyes glued to her phone. A dad dragging his reluctant three-year-old by the arm, cursing at the child's unwillingness to walk in a straight line. The 40-something mum in business attire racing into the store to get supper for the family on the way home from work. It was then that I made the decision to not rush, but to take my time. Maybe even appreciate the placing of one foot after another. To look around and enjoy the scenery. I just travelled there in a warm chair surrounded by glass which had been put in place so I could appreciate the view without getting cold. All the while I was being entertained by the delights of the newest pop diva on a device on which I could choose any musical entertainment I wanted. My chair travelled at 70 miles an hour and could take me pretty much anywhere. I could just climb on and go. It was quite remarkable really. We really are spoiled. And as I stepped out of my car, I felt the tarmac beneath my feet and the wind in my hair. It was a humid wind as you expect at this time of year and I felt the sun's warming glow on my face. I took care over every step I made for soon I'd be in the supermarket and this moment would be over. Let's not rush. I imagined that I wore a dressing gown and was just out to pick up a newspaper off the front lawn on a lazy Sunday morning. I lounged as I walked. I was a contrast to the hustling hordes and I liked it. I was enjoying taking my time but my mind still shouted, just get in there. Not stopping to appreciate the moment is one of the biggest regrets of the older generation. You see, it's not normal for us to take our time over things anymore. We'd much rather rush home so we can sit in front of a TV for an extra five minutes or eat something that's not very good for us. If we want something, we can just order it online and it can be here tomorrow. We no longer understand the meaning of delayed gratification. Social media means that we can chat to friends in real time, even if they are thousands of miles away. And catch-up TV means we never need to be worried about getting home on time anymore. 
But I feel that in getting what we want so conveniently, we are losing out on the journey and maybe the elderly know this, which is why they take their time to appreciate the scenery when they are driving home. Maybe they are onto something with their cruise holidays after all. Here's a quote. In the end, it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. That was Abraham Lincoln. Okay, dissatisfaction. As humans, we're designed to always be dissatisfied. To always be looking for the next big thing. And if we weren't, then we'd lose our competitive edge, which wouldn't help us survive in a prehistoric environment. Now, as a caveman, it would be crucial to always be out hunting so as to build up supplies for the times when you were wounded by a saber-toothed tiger and had to sit in your cave to heal for a few days. You'd never see a squirrel just bury a day's worth of nuts. That's why we crave the 70-inch TV, the new car, or the new house. It's just built into us. And something that I've come to realise during my time flying jets is rarely do you ever have time to appreciate the view. There's always a mission to achieve or a target to hit. You never just get given an aircraft to fly about in. A bomber pilot is concentrating on defeating enemy air defences so that he or she can get to the target and drop the bombs. A fighter pilot tends to be occupied with the radar so that they can find the bad guys and shoot them down. Even a Red Arrows display pilot spends the majority of his time staring at Red 1 or trying to stay in the formation with the other eight aircraft. Yes, appreciating the view is something that never happens in military fast jet flying. This means that we become very outcome focused and everything we do during the flight just adds up to create the desired aim or result. The first thing we ask when we debrief a sortie is, did you hit the target? Or did you kill the hostile aircraft? All other elements of the sortie are largely ignored until this question is answered because the only reason that the aircraft was sent flying today was to achieve the aim. Did you achieve the aim? And in our lives, it can be the same. In order to create success, we are told that we must have goals so that we can measure our performance. In fact, there is a phrase that is used, you cannot manage what you do not measure. Now, whether it's weight loss, drug cessation, or sporting prowess, we are told that without goals, we will not achieve our aims. But there is a problem with goal-orientated success. If I'm focusing on the outcome, then I'm not really appreciating the journey. When you have one eye on the goal, you have only one eye on the path. That's a Zen master quote right there. So missed opportunity then. Now often I see a disconnect and an opportunity missed. A focus on the end goal and a reluctance to embrace the moment. Even when working in the office, I've noticed that everybody is focused on the results. You're often here. It'll be all right when we get the contract signed. Or we'll sort it out in the meeting in June. People will put off work until they get to the Monday, Tuesday, insert any day of the week here meeting where they'll ask for clarification on their task and promise to get it done by next week. Where's the focus? If you put too much attention on the goal and not enough on the route to get there, you won't achieve anything. Quote, now they've got what they've always wanted, but they are not happy because they're not living their own life. They're doing what they believe others expect of them. And that's from a life coach to the finance sector, a lady called Karen Peters on coaching high achievers. Sometimes it seems that everything is directed towards the end state with little thought for analyzing the process of arrival. There is often no debrief when things go wrong or indeed right and no accountability 
or acknowledgement of the decisions that have been made. Learning does not take place. Those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it, and this is attributed to George Santayana. So in 2013, when the squadron was very new and finishing its development phase, various contractor agencies held a forum in which the squadron pilots could ask questions about what they had just been through. It had been a difficult time for many, so the questions came thick and fast, but one question stood out from the rest. How are you going to learn from the mistakes that have been made so that you don't make the same mistakes again? Asked a young pilot. It was a good question and one that would provoke a poor answer. The recipient of the question said that they didn't need to write anything down as the team understood the issues and would not make the same mistakes again. Unfortunately, they forgot to acknowledge the transient nature of their workforce in recognising that the learning points were probably going to be lost. And it made me realise that people often neglect to note the history of a difficult project. On this occasion, nobody had kept a diary or action points that they could learn from. As far as they were concerned, it was over and that was that. It will be different next time, they said. They hadn't paid any attention to how they got to where they were, only that they had got there. As in business, military flying often produces similar results and this is why we were all killed on the electronic warfare range. Our squadron's two weapons instructors were the first to get shot down. In running the plan, they had concentrated more on the desired outcome of the sortie than the process. They had spent the entire planning and briefing time concentrating on how they were best destroy the target without much thought of how they were going to actually get to it. My nav and I had tried to brief them on the electronic warfare environment we were going up against, but the threats to them were just not as important as the prosecution of the target. We are told that the target is the outcome. It is the culmination of all of our efforts. If you cannot hit the target, then you may as well go home. But there are many things that happen in the sortie that determine whether we get to the target. And this is why we brief and debrief so extensively. We recognize the importance of the journey, the eventuality that got us the results we desire. And this is where the most learning is to be found. This is where the majority of the learning takes place. And it is also where we analyse our strengths and more importantly, our weaknesses. Ask anyone who is truly successful and they will tell you that they learn more from the journey than from reaching a goal. Too many of us put off our lives until we reach one of these goals. When the kids have left home, when the mortgage is paid off, or when we retire with our pension. And it is precisely at this point that we realise that we have neglected to enjoy the journey. And more importantly, that we have forgotten to live. As a last quote here, all that money you made will never buy back your soul. That's by a guy called Bob Dylan. I just want to dedicate this post here to Muhammad Ali, who died on the day that I published this. Um, 1942 to 2016 and the last quote I've got here from him is live every day like it's your last because someday you're going to be right and that's it and I really appreciate it Um, it's one of those posts that starts off with a bit of a war story and I kind of try and use that story to make a point that sometimes you're trying to get something and, and when you get it for that day you've got it you think you've achieved something but then there's just tomorrow right and now you've got to go and do something else And this is the problem. If you don't work out, for example, how much money you need to earn, you 
always going to try and earn more money because your neighbor's always going to have the Mercedes, even though that Mercedes is on a massive PCP or whatever it is. But either way, you've got to, you've got to figure out how much you need to live on and get to that amount and then enjoy your life. And that's really, really important. And it's something that a lot of us, including myself, have been very poor at doing because we've been very outcome focused, very goal orientated. And now I'm just trying to dress back a little bit from that. So hopefully you got something from that um, and you can take that away. So hit the target. Don't get shot down the way. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Tim Davies, Fast Shit Performance.